I'm the compliance evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to June's podcast series on one month to better investigations and internal reportings. So what do you do when the call, the email, or the personal tip comes into your office where an employee reports suspicious activity somewhere literally across the globe? That activity might well turn into a Foreign Corrupt Practices Act issue for your company. In today's climate, it can turn into issues under lots of different anti-corruption jurisdictions. The Brazilian Clean Companies Act, the UK Bribery Act, or even domestic anti-corruption laws such as brought GSK to bear in China. As the Chief Compliance Officer, it will be up to you to begin the process which will determine in many instances how your company will respond going forward and will set the tone throughout this most difficult period. This month's podcast series will provide to you all the steps you need to consider going forward. I'm going to take a look at independent versus in-house investigations, investigation protocols, the different resources that a compliance practitioner may bring to bear in an investigation, such as internal audit, IT, and legal. And I'll take a look at special issues such as privilege, Upjohn and Miranda warnings, data privacy, and of course, the Yates memo and its effect. I think you will learn a lot this month if you follow this podcast series. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to the June podcast series. Day 11, Investigative Challenges. Today, I want to take a look at some of the largest challenges that you might face in an internal investigation. One of the biggest challenges is the intake process. Most surprisingly, there are still companies without a hotline or an anonymous reporting system. So if you don't have that, you've got to have a way to get the information up if there's an allegation of wrongdoing. Beyond these basics, the company must consider the intake process as a starting point. When was the allegation or information received? Who sent it? What did the company do after they received it? If a company has a formal ethics reporting system with a recordation of information so there's an appropriate level of documentation, this provides a workflow so it's easier to work through some of these issues. There are failures even in these basic steps, however, as many people do not read their emails on a timely basis. And getting to the root of an issue quickly can be the difference between someone allowing the company to investigate a matter in the correct or right way or incentivizing that individual to go to an outside organization such as the SEC whistleblower program. Never forget that the SEC has crashed through the $100 million barrier in whistleblower payments. And even the SEC will tell you that nearly 90% of all whistleblowers going to the SEC attempted to whistleblow within the, their own company first and were ignored or worse, retaliated against. This, all of this makes the intake process much more critical because it assures that things are not only well received, but they're looked at on a regular and timely basis. And most importantly, there's a process that's documented. As I, as I mentioned, another area which still causes challenges for companies is retaliation against whistleblowers. You might think that corporate America had gotten the message that not only is retaliation incredibly idiotic and divisive, 
but also illegal under Sarbanes-Oxley and Dodd-Frank, but sadly that's not the case. Certainly look at um, the current Wells Fargo whistleblower imbroglios for that information. Avoiding retaliation is critical not only for an organization, but also to foment a successful investigation. <clears throat> There's a real opportunity where human resources, if properly trained, can work with the rest of the team members and advise them on things that they should not be doing and things they should do in order to avoid even the appearance of retaliation, let alone the actual retaliation against an individual or individuals who have reported or brought forth the potential of alleged misconduct. Equally important in this vein is that a company wants to encourage a stand-up or speak-up culture. When individuals are trying to do the right thing, you certainly want to inspire others to do so as well. In, you really want individuals to try and do the right thing. So I'm going to say that a third time. You really want individuals to try and do the right thing. When somebody reports an ethical lapse, it generally means that they're doing their job. <clears throat> and so the indirect impact or sometimes the direct impact of that is people are <clears throat> looked at as snitches or not towing the company line and they're generally out of bounds and this can certainly negatively impact your organization going forward another challenge for companies is the issue of threatened or pending litigation any investigation can morph into a more serious situation, and you have to be ready to answer such questions as, does the issue we are investigating gravitate itself into a class action lawsuit? Does it gravitate to a regulatory review and subject to some punishment? The key is that the investigation, the key is that as the investigation begins to uncover certain things and facts coming to light, such as pending or threatening lit, lit, threatened litigation, it's something that should always be discussed, but discussed very carefully and only discussed once those facts come into play. Sometimes you don't have all the facts, yet sometimes so it makes sense to prognosticate uh, and consider the situation. This is what could happen. These are the issues that potentially could be uncovered. It's really important to think a couple of steps ahead and look at this as a chess match and never underestimate the fact there could be pending or threatened litigation. Not surprisingly, another area of challenge is when regulators do not or will not accept your investigation or are not satisfied with the results. While I submit that if you are follow out the uh, litigation outlines and protocols that I have discussed, this will satisfy regulators. You also need to recall there's going to be an appropriate level of skepticism bought by the uh, brought by the regulators. There can be uh, uh, regulatory issues which were not investigated with the proper skepticism, were not investigated with the proper independence, or simply were not looked at under the right lens. Once again, the answer is your investigation protocol. And if you've got the scope of your investigation laid out, if you've got the facts you uncovered under the scope of your investigation and all of that's documented, that can go uh, a far ways towards satisfying this. Also, if you are in the middle of an FCPA investigation and you've self-disclosed, you should work with the Department of Justice and the SEC regarding your investigation plan. Because if you have that buy-in before, or at least that communication before you begin your investigation, 
you will probably not get around uh, the situation where the regulators will not accept the uh, results of your investigation. Remember that regulators are going to pressure test your um, investigation. So you want to have the documents uh, locked down as document preservation is always a critical issue and the government will continually worry about that. This means that uh, all your servers are, are locked down, your backups locked down, handheld devices are secured, including instant and text messaging. Because if you don't take these steps to lock down your data and your information, you could find yourself in the situation where some of the information's lost. And when a regulator comes to pressure test your investigation, they're going to want to look at your original data source. If you don't have that, uh, they're going to let their imagination go wild in terms of uh, thinking about what you may be hiding. And finally, let me talk about the challenge where the company itself is reluctant to accept the results of an investigation. This comes when the company is in denial, believing that it has a robust compliance program, robust internal controls, or worse yet, simply it's an ethical company. If you've ever talked to Department of Justice regulators, they just simply roll their eyes at the number of times the CEO has come in, made a presentation, and said, we're a very ethical company. But for an internal investigator, one of these usually manifests themselves as when a company has a, simply a paper compliance program, the chief compliance officer has a title but no authority, and indeed there's a weak compliance culture. When the company does not respect the investigation, it's like they're fighting the investigator because they believe nothing will ever go wrong. That sends a very, very clear message, not only internally, but uh, also externally as well. This really indicates there's a problem with culture and that uh, there's a problem with governance overall. That also really means there are bigger issues other than the one that's simply on the table. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, number one, your intake process is critical. It's First of all, it's having a hotline, but it's also uh, monitoring your hotline, and then it's timely responding to your hotline. Number two, no retaliation. I cannot stress this enough. You cannot retaliate. Uh, you cannot have the appearance of retaliation. You cannot uh, deny promotions. You cannot fire the full panoply of retaliation. The minute you engage in retaliation, uh, not only are you going to get in trouble with the government, but you've set yourself up for a uh, retaliation lawsuit. And then finally, number three, always think several steps ahead. Uh, you have to be prepared for the unexpected. You have to be prepared for where information may take you. Uh, you certainly can listen to your gut, but you need to look at the, uh, the documents and the evidence. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening uh, to today, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for one month to better investigations and reporting. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate the podcast as it would help in our rankings and also help get the word out about the only one-month podcast series to a better compliance program. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me. You can reach me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much again for listening, and I hope you'll join me again for one month to better investigations and reporting.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.